You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, we get to recap a basketball game that means something, and it didn't mean a whole lot of good for New Orleans falling to the Toronto Raptors 130-122. We are going to focus on this game basically the entirety of the show, the good, the bad, the offense, the defense, and all of the stuff in between. We're going to probably have to talk about this game for more than one day, meaning we're going to leave the rotations and really looking at some of those lineups for tomorrow's show, as well as some of the things David Griffin said about Zion Williamson and his injury. I was critical yesterday of the way they handled that. Well, David Griffin came and spoke at shoot-around today before, or yesterday before the game against the Raptors and really clarified things and handled that significantly better. So credit where credit's due, but we're going to touch on that tomorrow because today is all about that 130-122 loss. Let's dive into everything. So before we get to the actual game, though, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, about the games, and it is going to be a fun season, even in a loss like this. Stay up to date with everything. No one else coming to you like this. Again, Monday through Friday, Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. It was a 130-122 loss for your New Orleans Pelicans, the Toronto Raptors opening night game, the ring game, and Alvin Gentry said before the game, so did David Griffin, that they wanted the team to be out there while they saw the Toronto Raptors get their rings, kind of show them what they're working towards, the experience they want to ultimately have, and hopefully that would be some motivation for this team. And when they started playing the game, It really did look like it was a lot of motivation. New Orleans went up and won the first quarter. They won the second quarter as well. But it was a rough third quarter that really doomed them in this one before ultimately falling in overtime where the offense didn't do a whole lot of anything. So we can go through the players, talk about what we saw, talk about the story of the game. We can do the good and the bad of this and then kind of in between do. I'm going to try and toy with how we want to do game recaps this year because I think there's a lot more to dive into with these games, particularly the early season games, than they were last season. So why don't we do the good and the bad and the in between in today's show? And if we want to try and mix that up later, if people have a particular way they want to hear recaps, I can maybe do that as well. So the good, and there was a lot of it despite the loss for the Pelicans, and a lot of it has to center around shooting. J.J. Redick kind of just jumped off of the screen with what he can do as an established veteran, scoring 16 points in 27 minutes. He was 4 of 6 from deep, 6 of 9 overall from the field, uh, grabbed 2 rebounds, 1 assist, also had a clutch uh, when he, he clutched defensive play when he drew the offensive foul at Pascal Siakam, who, by the way, was a monster in this one, finishing with 34 points and, 
18 rebounds along with five assists, but that got him to foul out and really gave the Pelicans, which they didn't take advantage of, a good chance to win the game. So he was great in this one. Nicolo Melli looked really good too. He was five of seven from the field, four of five from deep in just under 20 minutes worth of action, five rebounds, two assists. He finished with 14 points on the night, started off making his first three threes in this one, hit another one as the game went on, um, did kind of airball one late, but we don't, we don't need to talk about that one and just looked and moved like we thought an NBA player should and what we thought of him all year, all preseason. And now we finally got to see his shot dropping. Another guy who played well in this one was Jaleel Okafor in kind of backup minutes, the first big into the game after Derek Favors, who is probably going to come up in the bad section, even though I don't know if he should be in there. He was 3-3 from the field, uh, got to the free throw line three times, hit two of them, grabbed two rebounds, finished with eight points, but played Pretty good defense in this one, to be honest. You know, as the league goes smaller and more athletic, he his place becomes a little tenuous at times, but in spot minutes like that, he kind of was a steadying force and did exactly what the Pelicans needed from him. Also in the good part of this one, I thought the Pelicans' pace was pretty good in this, all things considered. The numbers are kind of, I think, misleading in this. They finished with a pace of 102.79, so basically 103, 102, which is significantly lower than you'd like. But in regulation, the Pelicans took 93 shot attempts. That's more than they took per game last season. So while these numbers kind of get bogged down with um, overtime being slow, late in the fourth quarter being slow, which slowed the game down as well. I don't think it's actually representative of the style of ball that New Orleans played with. They very much played the Alvin Gentry system of play here, which is early shot clock usage, ripping shots, getting in transition, and running. They also had in this one 16 offensive boards. Offensive rebounds slow down your pace because it extends a possession and doesn't reset it to add another one into that number. So those 16 offensive rebounds are essentially something like 16 more possessions potentially depending on how they could have gone so overall it really kind of misrepresents I think the pace number I thought the Pelicans played fast in this one and I made the joke on Twitter that if you're at a home game and you stop to check your phone to check Twitter to check a text message you're gonna miss like three or four plays out there from both teams potentially because they are playing so lightning fast Late in the game, and again, we'll talk about lineups, which definitely were a weird thing, and I'll talk more about them in this show, but we're going to talk about them really more in depth tomorrow. I thought Frank Jackson played excellently down in the fourth quarter, finished three of six on the night, 50%, nine points uh, from him, and then on the final possession when the Toronto Raptors were looking to try and win the game, played very good on-ball, one-on-one defense on Norm Powell, which why Toronto was drawing up a shot for him, I don't really know. Uh, But played good defense throughout the night, and you can see that Alvin Gentry has a lot of trust in him in this one. Josh Hart was also excellent in this game on the night, finishing with 15 points. He was 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 5 from deep. The leading rebounder for the Pelicans, 10 on the night, including 4 offensive boards. He does all of the things that Kenny Hustle does and what earned Kenrich Williams that Kenny Hustle nickname, just better. 
They're pretty similar size. They can kind of fill a similar role. And I wouldn't be shocked if you see Josh Hart really get that. He gives you far more on offense, makes all of those same type of hustle plays. He even got injured in this one, had to go to the locker room, but came back and kind of gutted it out. Just the type of guy you want on this team. I thought he was excellent in this game and really was a big reason why the Pelicans were in it late. His rebounding was very important when New Orleans was starting to lose control of the glass and the rebounding battle in this one finished pretty close. Toronto finished with 57 on the night. New Orleans finished with 53, but there was a period in the third when the game started to get away from New Orleans just a little bit before they kind of clawed their way back in and started to retake the lead. That rebounding was a big, big issue. Josh Hart really came in, settled the team down, making those hustle type of plays. Next segment, we'll talk about the bad in this one before wrapping up with the kind of in-between stuff and then whatever other thoughts I have on this game. Uh, before we get to all of that, though, today's show brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. It was a 130-122 loss in overtime for your New Orleans Pelicans. We talked about the good, and I was pretty happy with some of the things we saw. And now let's talk about the bad. And this is kind of like the objectively bad, not the middle ground things, like the people who just weren't good in this one. And there were some of them. Um, and it's not just people. I guess it's also concepts too. Um, and one of those concepts is the one everyone is kind of talking about, and that's the rotations. Pelicans played 12 guys in this game. They played all of them into double-digit minutes on the opening night of the NBA season. That's a lot of guys, and that's a lot of minutes being shared all around. And when people are fresh to start the year, maybe you can run 8, 9, 10 guys, which is what Alvin Gentry said he prefers to do, and not play all 12, and kind of stick with lineups that do better than others. And you saw some weird lineups in there. I've been saying on the podcast, you're going to see some funky lineups from this team, and they're going to play far too many minutes and stay out there longer than you like because this team's still trying to figure out what they have. Five preseason games is not enough to kind of figure out a rotation, lineups, roles, all of that for a team that only has six guys held over from last year. They just need more time to kind of figure it out. And, and Alvin Gentry was fearless Alvin in this game uh, last night because he did some weird rotations. I don't blame him for doing that, but this was a winnable game for New Orleans. They could have gotten this in the fourth quarter, and it didn't need to go to overtime. And then in overtime, he made questionable choices too. And again, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. It gives us more time to kind of go in depth on these things, but it was weird. And I don't even want to put this in the gray area of it could be good or bad. Like, it was bad. They could have won the game without some of these weird lineups and choices that he made. Just kind of simple as that. I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that this will continue. But it just didn't work in this game. Or I'm not even saying it was a bad idea. It was bad in this game because you could have won if you didn't do that. And that's maybe the simplest way to put it. Also bad in this game, and I know you guys are going to hate me throwing him in in this one, is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He got minutes in the first half, and we've been saying he should get minutes in the first half. 
but he had maybe too quick of a trigger in this one. And look, he's making his his NBA debut in his hometown. This was a very special game for him, and he probably wanted to play exceptionally well. And the Toronto Raptors also kind of put him up on the scoreboard to kind of show that he's a local guy, and that's a very cool thing to do. So there's maybe more pressure on him in the opening game than most other guys would have for their debut minutes in the NBA. But he was one of 10 from the field, including one of seven from deep. Uh, and at one point kind of tried to do a weird little like step back thing that didn't work. He finished with three rebounds, two assists, no turnover. Sorry, two, uh, one turnover. Four, so it was four rebounds, two assists, one turnover, two steals, two. Uh, finished with three points on the night. It just wasn't good and if you were again trying to win the game maybe he's not the guy you wanted to have gone with and maybe more minutes from Frank Jackson in his stead would have been a little bit better for this team you know I almost put Nikhil Alexander Walker there in the gray area because like he still did things that made you kind of feel good about what he was doing out there and the defense was okay at times for him till he got put in the pick and roll and Kyle Lowry just kept taking advantage of him but overall this was not the best debut for you know the rookie that we were all really really excited to see Drew Holiday you could probably put in this and I'm going to put him in this because the idea of him being an MVP candidate did not look to be the case now he he was kind of hit or miss in preseason he didn't play a ton but we all know what Drew Holiday can do but he was 6 of 15 from the field 40% 1 of 6 from deep was 0 for 2 from the free throw line and both of those misses were technical fouls 4 uh, four rebounds on the night 6 assists but 5 turnovers 2 blocks finished with 13 points Defensively, he was really good, and it's probably not fair to put him in this spot because he had some all-team, all-first-team defensive plays here, shutting down Kyle Lowry. He got switched on to Siakam at times, and we mentioned how good Siakam was, and Holiday did some really good things on that side of the ball against him and basically everybody. But offensively, if you're going to be the MVP candidate for this team and you're supposed to lead the team in scoring, this was not it. He just looked like he was trying to force things too much. He didn't look like he was in the flow of the offense and couldn't really get going and just wasn't kind of the the type of player we're used to seeing from him. It was kind of a disappointing debut from him. Derek Favors in this one was pretty bad as well. I've kind of been defending him, saying he does a lot of those uh, things you just want to see out of a guy um, that maybe don't show up in the stat sheet but he maybe is dealing with an injury or he's still just kind of getting used to things but he wasn't great in this one played almost 21 minutes in this came out starting the game strong scored the first bucket for new orleans finished with six points on the night all of that basically done in the first quarter he was three of six from the field seven rebounds um, for him as well but he had three turnovers he started in overtime and basically just got worked there's no other way to put it just got worked out there and didn't look particularly good. So you can't really, like, I don't know. There was times when he just wasn't athletic enough, didn't look right. He also had a few nice defensive plays against Marcus Gasol and some others too. But overall, you just kind of felt he was bad in this one. There's re- like really no other way to put it. Also bad was Etwan Moore. I didn't like what I saw out of him in this one. Missed a couple of floaters early on. Passed up an open three when it's just like that's a shot you've got to take, man, to take like a worse shot and just not really do anything else offensively. He wasn't good. You, you kind of wonder why he's in the rotation other than Alvin Gentry clearly has a lot of faith and trust in him. He was not good, however, in this game tonight. We've talked about the good, we've talked about the bad, so that means we just have the meh 
left over, which we'll talk about in the next segment coming up here in a moment. But don't forget, the NBA is now back officially. That means Locked On NBA is recapping all the action from the night before the games you didn't watch, but you want to know about because it went a little bit too late and that's okay. We talk about that all on the Locked On NBA podcast, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about the association, recapping the games the night before, touching on the biggest stories, and hey, I co-host the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. That's today. You should definitely listen to it. You should also subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from. So the meh of the game, which is probably a good way to describe a lot of what we saw. And with this one, we can really start with Lonzo Ball in almost 25 minutes worth of action. Finished with just eight points on the night. Two of seven from the field, but two of three from deep. And two of two from the line, finished with five rebounds, five assists, just one turnover. He wasn't bad. He wasn't great. You'd like his shot again to be more consistent. And as the game went on, you saw his right hand fade more to his left, cross his face, which is that bad form we've come to know from him. But he shot the ball pretty well and pretty confidently from three. He came out of the gate out of the gates in the starting lineup just straight firing, hitting a three right off the bat. He then did like that weird James Harden step back three thing that James Harden isn't even going to do um, or is the only person who's going to do it. Lonzo Ball certainly shouldn't be trying a one-legged step back three. He airballed the shot on that. That was his one three-point miss in this one. But overall, you kind of had to be happy with him if the shooting could just be a little bit more consistent. He didn't close the game, and that was by choice with Alvin Gentry. And Alvin Gentry often runs kind of different lineups to close the game than the starters do, and maybe Lonzo just shouldn't be in there for it, um, given the shooting liability, because teams are still sagging off him. Uh, but overall, he was okay in this one. I it was encouraged by what I saw, and it makes me excited to watch him more. I don't think it was a good enough game to really throw him in the like excellent, the good category here. But you had to like what you saw from him. He played good enough defense. If the shooting can get better, this guy could be really special. You saw him driving at the rim with confidence a number of times, so you would have liked to have seen it a little bit more. I think that comes from having confidence in his shot and confidence in not missing free throws on the biggest stage either. Going two of two really is going to help his confidence absolutely surge. So overall, I was pretty happy with what I saw from him, but just it was, uh, you could have used a little bit more. Another guy that on the number side looked really good and that's Brandon Ingram in 35 minutes worth of action, 8 of 19 from the field, 2 of 5 from deep, 4 of 4 from the line, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 turnovers, finished with 22 points on the night, but he had a team worst plus minus of negative 19. There were times when he just couldn't get it done and was working a little bit too hard for things and not really letting the offense come to him. When he lets this offense kind of work towards him rather than maybe work through him or work for him, and those are really weird terms to say in this sort of thing. He he was good. In the first half, he was excellent. But in the second half, he really struggled in this one. And in late in the game, the Pelicans were trying to run their offense through him. And that was definitely not the move uh, to be doing. In the, so overall, he kind of struggled with that. Um, played well in the third quarter, not as well in the fourth quarter of this one. And just kind of left you wanting a little bit more. And that wanting a little bit more is okay. 
because you know what? He finished with 22 points on the night. That's pretty good, all things considered. It was a team high for the Pelicans. Defensively, he kind of got knocked around a little bit, struggled, but he does some things offensively with the ball that make you go, wow, that up and under he had was absolutely fantastic. That alley-oop that he got from Drew Holiday to really throw down the dunk, showing you just how ridiculously athletic the guy is, makes you feel pretty good. But he didn't rebound as well as he could, particularly for someone with his size. And when the Pelicans needed rebounding, it was Josh Hart who was getting it done instead of Brandon Ingram. And you saw at times a lack of interest almost, a lack of hunger, a lack of fight for those defensive boards that this team really needs to kind of get out and run with. Um, And their offense doesn't work as well if they don't get that. So it was a bit disappointing to see that from him. That's why I'm kind of keeping him in this segment with everything. Another guy I want to throw in here is Kenrich Williams. You know, finished with only three points on the night, 0 for 4 from the field, but got to the line a good bit. Finished with six rebounds, three assists, did this in under 20 minutes. He's not a high usage guy, but when he's out there, you know, he does things like just grabbing rebounds and doing that to keep possessions alive. Um, Of his rebounds, it was three offensive, three defensive. He just gives you things that you want to see. You know, and I think that was a way of just kind of showing you what his role is going to be. It's not going to be flashy. It's not going to be uh, an offensive like mindset at all. And Josh Hart probably does it better, but you're not going to play Josh Hart all of the game. So if you can give some of those spot minutes to Kenrich Williams, I definitely think he adds a lot of value to the team. So there you have it, the good, the bad, the meh from the Pelicans opening night loss to the Toronto Raptors. So we can do recaps of games this way. It might be tough over weekends when there's multiple games or depending on what's going on. Let me know what you thought of this or if we should do it a little bit differently. Talk more about the flow of the game first, then maybe the offense, then maybe the defense. And those can be the three segments too, which could be a better way of doing it. Like Alvin Gentry, it's still early in the season for me here too. And we want to kind of figure out the best way to do things so let me know on twitter it's at nola jake and that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans and as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all tomorrow we're going to talk some rotations and a couple of other things in zion's injury too so we've got a lot to talk about make sure you subscribe thank you for listening we'll be back with you all tomorrow